Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project who will have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Dan's guest this week is Daniel McFadden, Nobel Prize winner and professor of economics at the University of California, Berkeley. So I'm privileged um, to sitting next to Dan McFadden. Uh, thank you for taking the time. And um, actually, thank you very much for your comments about my book. It was very nice of you. I, pre- I appreciate it. Um, and I wanted to chat a little bit about what you're working on right now. So what are you most excited about right now? I'm currently working on Medicare Part D, and the big question... Wait, wait, what, what is Medicare Part D? That's a new program in the United States for prescription drug insurance for elderly people, and it's a market in which people have to make choices uh, among companies and also make a decision as to whether or not to enroll. Okay, and who, and who designed this uh, market? Uh, this is a, uh, the result of a congressional committee. It shows some <laughs> signs of that. So, so you know what they say about a camel. A camel is an animal that was designed by a committee. Is the Medicare Part D a little like that? Uh, it has some strange aspects, but it also has a certain logic to it. Uh, but what's interesting about it is that it's putting on consumers the task of making a decision, choices about the future ambiguous outcomes. Okay, so, so if, I'm, if I'm eligible for this, what do I have to choose? How many providers are there on this thing? I have to decide whether to enroll. I typically have about 50 different providers uh, to choose from, and they will have often multiple plans, so maybe 150 choices in all. Wow, and they vary on prices and benefits and all of those things? Uh, they vary on prices. To, they don't vary very much on benefit. Uh, well, there's some categories that do, uh, but they, they vary in detail. And one of the questions is, do, are consumers acute enough and rational <laughs> enough to sort their way through this market in a, in a, in a big stakes decision. Okay, through 150 decision when it's really important, but it's really uh, about the future because you have to decide about what will cover what medications and what kind of illness you will have and therefore what kind of coverage you want, right? So it's really very complex. You have to make guesses about what your future health will be, what therapies uh, uh, would be prom- uh, available at the time and, and how you would go about treating it and Wait now. Now, uh, are you are you on? Uh, have you made a choice for yourself in this plan? Are you eligible? Uh, well, I'm I'm in the fortunate category of uh, being insured by my employer without having to make a choice. <laughs> okay, but if if you were going to make a choice in this, um, do you know what you would choose? I think I have a pretty good idea of, of what I would choose, but more importantly, I I know an algorithm <laughs> for going about making the the choice. Uh, many people don't. Now, what's interesting about it is that most people have made reasonably good choices. Really? What, what does it mean, reasonably good choices? That uh, if, if it's in their interest to enroll, uh, I- even in the long run, generally they do it. I'd say 80% of people uh-huh. do the right thing or more. Now, does it mean doing the exa- exactly right thing? They're picking the optimal program, or like in general, they're picking some f- a good option. Uh, about eighty uh, percent make the right enrollment or non-enrollment decision. I see. Okay. Uh, among plans, uh, there there are some uh, predictable irrationalities. <laughs> okay. So, what 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 do you think is the most interesting finding? I would say the most interesting findings are first of all that people are are 
uh, present-oriented. They, they discount the future too strongly. That's consistent with many behavioral findings. And, and it, it, is this the case that when they enroll in something, they can't change it later? They can change annually. They can change annually. Okay, but they're still focusing too much on the present? They're still t- focusing too much on the present. They focus on the least expensive premium because it's a visible characteristic, and they pay less attention to things like formulary, which are obscure. Yeah, so, so they, and, and is it because of the way that the, the sheets of paper or the algorithms that they get or whatever the instruction they get is making something salient like the cost and making other things less salient like the, the participatory prices? Uh, there are two, two things. First of all, the, the information that's provided if consumers access all of it is itself uh, uh, biased against the future. It's, it really helps them optimize right now. Okay. Uh, but the other part of it is that only 20% of the elderly ever go to the sources with all the data. Oh, the, there is. So what do they do? Uh, if, if you really know what you're doing, you go to a website from the uh, Medicare and uh, put in all your drugs, and that will basically oh, do really? a cost so that, so that's, for So you. that's very nice that uh, there's, a, there's a website that does, that does this optimal thing for people. It does optimal things for what you're taking right now. It, it leaves see. out what might happen in the future. That's right. Um, so are you trying to um, revisit this process and uh, try to create a new, new forms or new website or new algorithms to help people make better decisions? I'm trying to do two things. One is to find out what the flaws are yeah. that could be corrected. But, and the more general question is, is this a, is this a reform which could be used more broadly for health care? Uh, can, can consumers make these kinds of decisions involving future health uh, states they have a hard time yeah. uh, visualizing themselves in? Yeah, so let me ask you a more, a more general question. So... Uh, think about very difficult decisions about uh, medical, such as um, what treatment to get for cancer or for diabetes or different operations. Uh, do you think that these are decisions that people can actually, without medical training, uh, can handle? I think the I don't know the answer, but uh, I think what I observe is that people seem to be willing to try. The, the uh, use of the Internet is a tool where... Uh, a lot of people I know, including myself, go into the doctor with a diagnosis and be <laughs> right. prepared to be contradicted. And, and the doctors are often annoyed with this, right? I would say that they, uh, they, they, they will often object, but uh, <laughs> uh, oftentimes uh, I think they learn. In a few cases, they may even learn something. In, in, the, in the Medicaid part, uh, part D, this, this, this plan, do you think overall it has improved uh, welfare of people? Has it been a good, a good plan overall? Even with the, with the idea that most people who wanted to should have joined, joined, and so on, does this have kind of increased uh, people's welfare? Oh, it's definitely increased people's welfare. First, after all, it's a big subsidy. It's a very expensive government entitlement. Oh, how, uh, how expensive? Do we know? Oh, it's on the order of uh, $250 billion a year. $250 billion a year? So it, ju- so it needs to justify this price to be uh, good. Yeah, so, the, so the real question is, is this better than, than the alternative? Of, or giving uh, out $250 billion to people? Well, no, I wouldn't say it's, uh, it's better to have insurance. But one question is whether uh, people should simply be, uh, have a universal program with, without choice or should they have the luxury of choice and, uh, you know, the observation is that people appreciate having choice as long as they don't have to actually make one. <laughs> that's a very good. That's a very good observation. Probably a very general point. 
and thank you very much. Pleasure. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Dan Ariely, professor of behavioral economics at Duke University. Learn more at research.duke.edu.